Hi, and welcome back to Setha Stories. Alright, so getting together like this, isn't this just like kind of meeting a kind of long-lost friend and you just sit down and you just enjoy each other's company? I swear, I think this is the favorite and best part of my day is doing these wonderful readings, and I hope you enjoy this as much as I do. <laughs> Alright, so... Let's talk about what we're going to be exploring in this episode. We have a story written by Trink is Me, who has also contributed another story in a previous episode, episode 17's Life Debt. Love that story. Loved it. And I like this one too. I liked it so much. I was like, please let me read more of your writing. Drink as me, please, please, please. And the writer has very wonderfully agreed to let us read more of her amazing stories. Drink as me, thank you so much for sharing your amazing work. It means so much to us. And honey, I know you've got your hands full, so please know that I am still sending positive thoughts and karma your direction. So... All right, let's talk a little bit about what we're about to read. The story is titled The Falls, and it does have a small summary, and it says, Could a rumored magical waterfall bring healing to Draco? That's what he wanted to find out, but little did he know his discovery would bring about another miracle. It is a one-shot. Okay, this is rated T. We have elements of hurt, comfort, and romance, my favorite. Uh, our characters are Draco, Malfoy, and Hermione Granger, and this looks to have been published on June the 9th as a completed story. This does have already many followers, and one of the things I'd like you uh, to encourage you to do is to check out Trink is Me's Tumblr page. She's got a gorgeous-looking page, and she's posting up um, her stories there and also reblogs of other stories. So if you're wanting to travel down the rabbit hole a bit, um, then get onto Tumblr and check out Trink is Me's uh, wonderful Tumblr page. So The Falls. Let's dive into the story, and we will begin this read now. Draco frowned. There it goes again. That was twice he'd heard the same noise. He paused, wondering if he should carry on or go back to the school grounds. He didn't want to stop. Now that he'd come so far, he'd been at it for over two hours already. His back was wet with sweat, his legs aching with exertion, but with a practice push he resumed his climb. Of course, he could have aberrated once he passed the gates of Hogwarts, but he'd not wanted to take the easy way. That was too much of the way he'd done things before, and look where that had gotten him. Besides, if what he heard was correct, the destination would be worth the effort. Sighing, he determinedly moved towards his goal. Hike and climb, pause to get a breath, repeat. He guessed he had less than a kilometer left before he reached the waterfall. He needed to hurry if he wanted to catch it at the right moment. He'd heard for years that the rays from an unclouded day's sunset caused the magic of the water to manifest as dancing angels of fire as it fell from the edge of the cliff. Today was such a day, and if he was able to get there in time, then maybe the other part of the legend would come to pass, to see if the water flowing from Slibla Day was imbued with power. If it was indeed blessed, before he'd been too busy with his own self-importance to bother with stories he'd consider to be fairy tales. 
Now he knew he was running out of time. In less than a month he would be graduating and leaving Scotland. But before that happened, he wanted to test the claim to see if the healing pools really existed, if its waters could cleanse the mind and soul. Heaven knew if so, he would be willing to drown in it. He was soul-sick and tired. He was weary of the heavy burden of his wrongdoings, how heavy they had become. He'd finally learned what others had known about him for some time. He, Draco Malfoy, pure blood heir, was without honor. A disgraced wizard, a... What was it that Granger had called me? Oh, yes. A foul, loathsome, little, evil cockroach. Well, as usual, she'd been right. He snorted at the irony of it. The thing he'd always bragged about was the very thing he'd never had, had never even understood. Purity. But he wanted it now, finally, for all the right reasons. He'd not gone ten paces before he heard a twig snap. Then he heard a faint sigh, a distinctly feminine one. Speak of the devil. Honestly, could she be any louder? Gryffindors had all the stealth of clumsy young dragons, and she was the worst of them all. He plowed on, determined to ignore her, but after enduring several other snaps and stomps and one unmistakable gasp followed by a whispered, Ouch! He finally turned around and with a martyred sigh said, What do you want, Granger? Surely the brightest witch of our age has better things to do than tramp behind a failed death eater. Don't call yourself that. A moment later, how did you know I was following you? Draco rolled his eyes. I do have ears, you know. Hey, how is being quiet? Hardly. But I suppose you wouldn't know it, coming from the muggle world. Hermione narrowed her eyes. Careful now. I don't think you want to continue in that vein. Draco started. He'd not meant his words as he'd put down Hermione's interpretation of them to be. Merlin, could he do nothing right? I meant no offense. I've just noticed that the world you come from is much louder and, well, more frenetic than ours. I don't think muggles can comprehend true quiet because they so rarely experience it. That's all I'm saying. Hermione's features softened, accepting his explanation. Then a puzzled frown surfaced. How would you know about the muggle world? I didn't think you'd ever been in it. Draco grimaced as if in pain and quickly looked away. His eyes focused on the rocks around their feet as if they held all the secrets of the universe. Coughing, he mumbled something that sounded like, I was in it a few times last year. That surprised Hermione. Why in the world would Draco... Oh. Hermione sucked in a breath. Of course. The war. He must have been forced to be a part of the attacks that had been carried out in London. Once there, he would have had to notice the huge differences in infrastructure, population, technology. She looked sadly at his, at his pale features and wondered if the modern world had frightened him. But she wasn't going to ask. In her opinion, the less they spoke about the year before, the better. Instead, she asked, Where are you going? Oh, do I have to report to you now? Just because you're a decorated war hero doesn't mean you have the right to monitor my movements. Draco gave her a sharp stare. Or did the minister assign you that task? What? 
Good grief, I was just asking. No need to get all paranoid on me. Sighing, he replied, Look, why don't you head back to your little band of heroes and do whatever good guys do and leave me alone? Hermione pursed her lips. No, I don't think I will. You don't need to be by yourself. You've been alone too much already this year. Drago's brows rose at her innocent comment, surprised at what it revealed. She'd been watching him? However, all he said was, Well, if you're not spying, then what do you want from me? What are you expecting to gain from this, a confession? I did that already at my trial. Remorse? I've tried to show that all bloody school year. What else? Draco had turned very red in the face, which was an odd combination with his pale eyes and hair. And just barely above a whisper, Hermione said, I just want... She paused, hesitant. Draco eyed her wearily. You want what? For us to be... Well, you know, friendly. I I thought you could use one. A friend, I mean. I'm, I'm tired of us being enemies. Aren't you? Drago wasn't buying it. His protective walls rose up. Oh, I see. Now I'm some sort of rehab project, he sneered. A chance for Dr. Dugarter to practice her counseling techniques. Aren't I the lucky chap? Hermione stomped her foot, fed up with his obstinance. You were the most infuriating man on the planet. Did you know that? I wanted to bury the hatchet, to start anew. Yes, some more to help you than me, but to help me too. I don't want to hang on the feelings of, of... Draco cocked his head. Go on, say it. She shook her head. No. I refuse to give any more time to darkness. I want to go a different path. And that is... Hermione looked him square in the eye. I want to be compassionate. To forgive. We have to rebuild the wizarding world, right? If we want to do that, we have to start anew. If we don't, I'm afraid we'll just start all over again. And I'm so tired of war. Draco stilled. He'd been avoided by most of that year, except by for those who had gone out of their way to harass and hex the former Death Eater. He knew he deserved it. It was human nature to want an eye for an eye, but he also knew that the witch in front of him was not like the others. He watched her tilt her chin in defiance of his bruisal, stubborn and obstinate. That's Granger in a nutshell. And infinitely kind-hearted. That was her, too. You really mean that, don't you? Of course I mean it. Why would you think I've been tromping behind you for hours, getting scratched and winded and sweaty and... Draco smirked. Not a lover of the great outdoors then, huh? Hermione couldn't stop the corners of her mouth from curving upward. Sure, if I'm relaxing in a flower garden, drinking Earl Grey, or on a tropical beach sipping something cold and fruity, but in the wild? No thanks. Had enough of that last year. For a space of a few beats, there was a silence between them. Draco decided to take a chance. I, um, I wanted to see the falls before I left Hogwarts. That's where I was going. You've never been? He shook his head. Never had the desire to before, but, but now... Hermione didn't let him finish taking his hand and resolutely ignoring the way he jerked in surprise at her touch. She said, let's go then, and by the way, you're in luck. I just happen to know a shortcut. That sounded fine to Draco. He'd had enough of climbing. 
Sure enough, she left the path and took him in a horizontal direction through a copse of aspens until they reached an outcropping. There, to the right of them, high above, was were the falls. Far below, a pool lay, and the mist around it making the area dreamlike and otherworldly. The voice of the waterfall was not what Draco had expected. He'd been anticipating something loud, a turbulent roar that would warn away all those unworthy of its gifts. Instead, his ears heard something that sounded more like song. The gushing of the water was not the angry yell of winter's thaw, but calmer, softer. Draco thought it was more like the hum of a mother lulling her child to sleep. It's beautiful, he murmured, but how will we get to it? I don't see a way across. Hermione grinned. <laughs> we don't go across. We go down by sliding. Sorry, Draco didn't know if he'd heard her right. Instead of answering, Hermione demonstrated what she meant by clearing a zigzagging path down the side of the cliff with her wand. Well, if I'd known you were going to do all that, I would have suggested aberration. Hermione gave him a level look. Oh, really? I could have suggested the same to you once we were outside the school gates. But I think we both know the journey is sometimes an important part of reaching a destination. Having no rejoinder to that, Draco watched as she sat down at the top of the smooth, grooved-out pathway she'd graded. Trust me. Just observe how I do it, she instructed before she pushed off. This will be fun. He couldn't help but chuckle as he watched the witch slide down the hillside, hands raised and squealing with childlike glee as she did so. He snickered when she landed with an oomph at the bottom, a dusty, dirty mess, but a happy one. Your turn, she yelled up at him. Draco had never had the experience of playing in a muggle playground. He'd never known the thrill of slides and seesaws and swings. But he felt something of the same simple pleasure when he found himself sliding down the rock face towards the smiling witch. Landing in much the same way she had, he rose to dust himself off. Then he heard her laugh. Your hair, she pointed, giggling uncontrollably. He tried to pat it down, but all he did was dust his face with dirt. Giving up, he good-naturedly said, Shut it, before reaching for her hand. Wait a sec, she said. Turning around, she returned to the mountainside, back to its original, unscathed form. There, all set back to rights again. Don't you just love magic? She asked while giving him a cheeky wink. Draco shook his head but grinned. Granger was cute, especially when she was pleased with herself. Together, they walked to the edge of the pool that made up the base of the falls. Wildflowers grew in profusion around its banks. A constant mist rose from the waters. Here and there, he saw rainbows caused by the refracting lights from the remaining rays of the setting sun. Draco took a deep breath. All around him was an Eden of splendor, pure, pristine, and clean. He looked over at Hermione. She was closely watching him. Are you okay? she asked. He nodded, unable to do anything else. Is this your first time here, too? She shook her head. No, I've been here once before. Oh, when was that? he asked. Sixth year. He could tell she didn't want to talk about it, so he didn't push for an answer. That didn't mean he wasn't curious, though, especially as he continued. 
especially as his continued stare produced a rosy blush on her cheeks. There was a story there. He just knew it. Maybe one day she would tell him. Well, go ahead, she gestured. Go into the water. Draco's brow furrowed. Just walk in, that's it? Hermione shrugged her shoulders. She'd helped him all she could. Some things had to come from within. She couldn't push. Whatever happened now would depend on Draco. Scratching the back of his head, Draco sighed. Well, okay, here goes, he muttered. Taking a deep breath, he stepped into the pool. Gasping at the sharp contrast of temperature between the frigid water and his overheated skin, breathing in, he let the waters rush around him while noticing Granger watching him from the mossy banks. She gave him a thumbs up. Want to join me? She paused, but finally shook her head. Maybe later? Draco gave her a puzzled look before wading further out, and then, on a sudden irresistible impulse, he submerged himself into the icy depths of the pool. A few seconds later, he came back up, whipping his hair back and sighing blissfully at the exhilaration caused from... Well, he didn't exactly know from what. He just felt better. It was a novel sensation, and if Hermione had been a legilimens, she could have told him he was experiencing the feeling of hope. He splashed as noisily as a playful child would as he lugged his way over to where the water was tumbling from the lip of the cliffs high above. He turned back and gave Hermione one last searching glance before moving to stand under the falls, receiving the downfall, letting it spray him letting it consume all that he was. He lifted his arms to the heavens, surrendering to the power that was stronger than his. Hermione, watching from her butcher on the banks, held her breath. She waited. Then she saw it. The moment the last rays from the setting sun transformed the falling water, giving Draco the appearance of being aflame with light. She gazed, spellbound, as the most amazing thing happened. Draco began to laugh. It was a slow chuckle at first, and then it grew until it became a sound of intense relief coming from the depths of his being. He laughed at the sudden, unexpected feeling of joy. He laughed at the sensation of being clean. Not the normal cleansing of dirt being washed away, but the impression of darkness lifting from him. For the first time in his life, Draco felt free. He was surprised at how light he felt, now realizing it was probably the first time since his early childhood he had felt so. Tears began to cloud his eyes, the continual revulsion of himself, the shame he'd carried since Dumbledore's death was gone. Wiping his eyes, he looked back at Hermione. Her own tears were tracking down her face, but she gave him a watery smile of comradeship, of support, of understanding, and it suddenly dawned on him, this is why she followed me. She hoped this would happen, but why would she care? Still, it comforted Draco that he was not alone in this transformative moment. He had had a witness to his purging. He had a confidant, and not just that, but, but a friend. Not uttering a word, he held out his hand. Hermione nodded. Now was the right time.
Laying down her wand in the grass, she jumped into the water, then came back up to splash over to where he stood. Together they stood hand in hand under the waterfalls, letting it pour over them, letting it wash them clean from every horrible memory, every regret, every missed opportunity, letting it make things new. Thank you, he whispered. Hermione looked up to see Draco staring at her as if he'd never seen her before, and perhaps he never had. At least not in the way he was viewing her now, before the war. He'd never given a thought to Granger being anything more than a rival, an object of scorn, a mudblood. Now he knew better. She was wonderful, loving, forgiving, infinitely wiser and a better person by far than he. The revelation made him want to make it up to her, made him ache to know her, treasure her worth, maybe even one day fall in love with her. He reached out to gently cup her face with his hand. Hermione sucked in a breath but didn't stop him when he wrapped his other arm around her waist to pull her close. I'm glad it was you who followed me, he confessed. Me too, she admitted, her heart in her eyes. For the life of her, Hermione didn't know why she was feeling such butterflies in her stomach. Other girls had swooned over the Slytherin prince's good looks, but she'd never been tempted. Before, Draco's ugly personality had overshadowed everything else, but now, now he was radiant. She continued to stare mesmerized by the varying glitter of hues tinting his irises, gray, light blue, even a pale light gold, they all swirled together in a kaleidoscope of color. Without thinking, she copied his earlier movement and cradled his jaw with her hand. She saw it when his eyes moved down to her mouth. I want to kiss you. Had Draco really said that, or had it been a whispered wish of her heart? Draco got her answer. Hermione got her answer when she felt his lips on hers. She instinctively closed her eyes, overwhelmed with feelings of desire and raw need. Never in a million years would she have anticipated this happening. Yet here she was, standing under the waterfalls, snogging her former enemy. It wasn't a demanding kiss, nor was it an eager and as assured as others had been. This kiss was uncertain, apologetic, almost as if it didn't have the right to claim such intimacy. That only made her want to kiss him more, harder, longer, and deeper. She didn't know how long they stood like that kissing under a waterfall until she felt a crawling sensation on her skin, not unpleasant, but rather itchy. She looked down to scratch and gasped, What is it? Draco couldn't comprehend anything other than the fact that kissing Hermione was like being drunk, but in the best possible way. He felt giddy, absolutely smashed, but carefree. He didn't recall ever feeling this way before, but it was exquisite. He had the most insane impulse to either break out into song, whistle a tune, or jump with joy, maybe all three at the same time. He finally took note that Hermione hadn't answered his question and looked down at the arm she was holding and let out an expletive. Marlin's pants, your arm! The cruel puckering of her flesh caused by the hideous mud-blood scar his aunt had inflicted was on her no more. Hermione's skin was as smooth as a baby's.
Draco tenderly took her arm into his hands. His voice filled with reverence. He whispered, It's... it's gone? She nodded, overcome. Then she looked up into his face. Let's check your arm. Draco began to back away from her, shaking his head. Oh, no, please don't. It's, it's not the same. I'm not like you. I don't deserve... But Hermione wasn't listening to his protests. Determined to see for herself, she took his arm and began to roll up his sleeves. Not an easy task due to the clingy wetness of the material that was slowing her attempts. Draco neither helped nor hindered, only watched and resigned surrender. He hated the mark on his arm. He hated that Hermione would once again see it and be reminded of what he used to be. His mouth opened in shock when her efforts revealed pale and unblemished skin. He could hardly contain his sob as he grabbed her, pulling her flush to him. Together they cried, overjoyed, overwhelmed, humbled by the grace given them to one a writing of a wrong to the other second chance draco kissed hermione again and when they came up for air he whispered against her forehead how can i go forward alone i know this would never have happened without you cuddling into his embrace she sighed supremely contented funny that it was in his arms that she felt truly at rest for the first time since the war actually and even though her parents were still in Australia, being in Draco's arms made her feel at home. Curious. This was not something she'd ever considered. But now that she had, she realized this was what she'd been missing, what she needed. She'd felt an essential balance had been restored that day. On the coattails of that thought, another one followed. This one a startling epiphany. She sensed on a deep, intuitive level that Draco had never been meant to be her adversary. But this? A boyfriend, her mind stuttered, still having a hard time comprehending the thought. No, said her soul. Try a little harder. Her beloved? In spite of the shock the revelation had caused, she couldn't help but grin against his chest. Who could have guessed her perfect match would end up being a former enemy? Not her younger self, that's for sure. Still, it was poetic justice to the demons of hate, a knockout punch to intolerance. Raising up on her tiptoes, she gave him a kiss on his cheek. You won't have to go alone. Not now. Neither will I as usual. She was right. All right, my lovely friends, I will join you back in just a moment. We're going to take a quick break. Hi, and welcome back to Seth's Story. So this is the commentary portion of this episode. And oh my goodness, um, Oh, I'm so ready to, to talk about this. If you'd like to skip the commentary and go on to our next story, this would be your moment to do that. If you'd like to stick around for the commentary, please do. We'd like to welcome you to just kind of sit back and enjoy a nice conversation. All right, so again, I feel like I'm sitting, you know, in my big, I'm in my reading window again, and it's, today it's sunshiny, and <laughs> the trees are beautiful outside, and it was a long and really kind of difficult day for me. Um, 
I have a full-time job too, so this is this is very much a labor of love in the evenings when I come in to do these readings, and honestly, it's the best part of my day. It's so wonderful to share these wonderful stories with, with everyone and to, to get to share these stories. These writers are so generous in letting me share their wonderful hard work. Okay, so let's talk about the falls. I love this story. I loved how Draco, you know, is a man on a mission to try to get to some magical waterfalls or a magical waterfall where there's been rumor of healing properties. And he's going, I think, because he's carrying the burden of the guilt that he's been carrying of maybe guilt of not not being as strong as he needed to be, of being less than what he should have been. And so he's carrying like the, the guilt of his wrongdoing on his shoulders and it's it's really weighing him down it's heavy on his soul and so he is going to the falls and kind of tagging along behind him trying to be secret is Hermione and for whatever reason you know she is kind of watching him and she's got a compassionate nature and that's one of the things I really do love about Hermione Granger even in the canon books is that this is somebody who, I think my summary of the Hermione character is, you know, she's highly intelligent and I think very lonely because she is highly intelligent and doesn't make friends easily because I think people around her are probably more superficial and she is really a deep thinker and you know, always wanting to learn new things, and that sets her apart from everyone else. You know, like she puzzles them away with her dullness, and I'm paraphrasing a Stephen King quote from another story, but, you know, he, she does puzzle people away, and it's really hard for them, I think, to, for her to make friends with people her own age. I think she has an easier time during a character analysis, making friends with adults who have more maturity, and can understand her in a better way and you know so I think that's why she's able to interact more easily with the teachers and her instructors and but even in that aspect she's still a young girl and so she doesn't have the peer friends outside of Harry and Ron you know that that other maybe youngsters or young people her age would so she's kind of set apart so this makes her a really interesting dynamic character for Draco. He's also incredibly dynamic. You know, he's a pure-blooded wizard raised in a bigoted um, upbringing of what he should be and what is proper and what is right and who is acceptable and who isn't. And these are taught things that he has, you know, learned. You know, these lessons have been taught to him and they are wrong. And, you know, he's found out the hard way how wrong his teachings were how wrong his perceptions were and more so he's starting to now in this moment of pre-change before he gets to the waterfalls he's starting to see how he has fallen short of himself i loved how this writer trinkas me has really managed to capture the burden that draco is carrying and carrying the self um this the self-awareness of his wrongdoing and also showing without really diving too horribly deeply into the you know the compassionate 
caring nature of Hermione Granger and you know making sure Draco's okay she says you've been alone for too long you know she's been watching him so her interest is there with him too she's she has a forgiving heart even having been mutilated by her you know, by his aunt she still cares enough for Draco as a person to, you know to want to follow him and to try to make amends and to try to start over so I thought that them you know talking and having this private dialogue away from the castle away from other people and that they're kind of able to just talk and he's at that point where he's ready to talk he's still defensive and he's still hurting but you know their communication starts to open up and I love how they finally um, decide to travel on together to the falls and you know, and then of course Hermione has a realization. You know, talking about being quiet in the forest and Draco's viewpoint on Muggles, and she's like, "Wait a minute," you know. And so they start to actually have a dialogue on on each other or with each other, and they're finally really listening and seeing each other. So I really, I really loved how their conversation unfolds. And you know, he's like, "What do you want? A confession? Do you want me to you know, keep saying I'm sorry?" And she comes back with, "I just." want to be your friend and he's still real paranoid you know about about her motives and she tells him that it's almost more for her that she wants to be compassionate that she wants to forgive and she's tired of fighting she's tired of the war I think that's another display of her maturity and her adultness you know she is and has been a child soldier and Draco in his own way forced on the other side has also been very much pushed into a situation neither of them should have been. So I think that this is really wonderfully supporting uh, the canon that we had. Now where we diverge from canon is of course with Granger, uh, Hermione Granger and Draco seeing each other now in, in a more romantic light as this unfolds but I really like this pairing, and I've never been quite comfortable with Hermione and Ron. I don't think... I like Ron as a character. I think he's he's a good friend to Harry, but he wasn't always the best friend to Hermione. You know, he's always really hard on her. And... But, you know, in, in canon, in the canon pieces. So, to have this where you have Draco overcoming his internal bigotry to see her and actually hear her and for her to have a more you know compassionate and forgiving less defensive approach on and being able to forgive him I thought this works really well this writing this this particular story takes me on that trip in this story and I'm walking in the forest with them to the waterfall and it's all believable it works for me I thought that the poetry of this particular story was really just gorgeous you know it's like I could almost see the forest you know the dripping daylight the the murmuring sound of the waterfall not the rushing crashing you know and, and I could hear this it is this is a very audible type uh, of read when you're reading it I can hear it it's very visual I can see it you know and I like to go camping I love to go camping 
and I like hiking and did more of that in my youth than I have now but this made me remember the joy of just being able to be out you know under trees and having a destination in mind and you know the trek is difficult but it's worth it when you get where you're wanting to go and so I could relate to that in this story I really loved this whole um when they're in the waterfall and she's seeing him and you know he's radiant and he has his cleansing moment almost seems like a baptism right um kind of felt that way you know like going to the river to be cleansed i thought oh, okay this this works that works for me it made me think of that scene in oh brother um the the george clooney film you know where i'm going to be saved and you know everyone's being uh, baptized in the water and it kind of made me think of that a little you know the the water element the renewal the the cleansing i thought was quite lovely i also liked that she's waiting for him to have his moment to reconcile himself and he does and then she joins him and then and then it becomes more romantic and of course I'm a huge romantic so I'm just diving into that rabbit hole you know wholeheartedly but I really loved the, the the first kiss or the kiss between these two and their exuberance of just being with each other in that moment you know and you think about your first kiss you know <laughs> and whenever that was or or that first time, you know, like when you had that anticipation for that person you really, really, you know, first cared about and you never really forget that person or persons that maybe you had a really emotional bond with, that first love, that first unfolding of feeling. And I thought this story really nailed it quite wonderfully where it is that exuberance, that drunken feeling that inner joy like you feel your chest is just going to burst open because you're just in that moment and it's you're trembly all over and it's just wonderful and I thought yeah this this makes me remember you know what that was like of course it's like that all the time with my husband all the time (laughs) okay I had to throw that in there but no seriously it is it is the romance of first encounters and the romance of recognizing your other self and another person and that's I think that's what is captured really quite quite strongly here and it and it works it's really quite wonderful um and in fact I did have these moments with my with my husband um yeah I remember our first date and I remember you know the just the way he would smile, the, the the way his eyes would crinkle at the corners when he smiles, you know. And I think love over time deepens and becomes something else from the first moments of exuberance and, you know, belly trembles. Later, you have this deeper love where you know every thought, every nuance of the person you're with. You could look at them and finish a thought with them. And you could tell by a glance something is right or something is wrong. And to have that level of bonded connection, you know, is is amazing. And this writer captures this, that this is the beginnings of what 
that you know that this Draco Hermione pairing will eventually uh, gain depth and, and become. I very much felt like this is where these characters were going to go into a bonded and close relationship, you know, one for the ages. So, Trinkus me, you nailed this, man. You you totally. <sighs> <laughs> there's there's my contented sigh. You knocked this one out of the ballpark. For me, it is a perfect story. I loved it. I loved every bit of this. Um, I liked the poetic imagery. I liked the dialogue. It was flowed nicely. I liked the first kiss. I really liked the first kiss. I liked that it was still so incredibly innocent. It had a bit of heat, but it was also incredibly incredibly innocent and I love this a boyfriend her mind stuttered still having a hard time comprehending the thought no said her soul try a little harder her beloved and I'm like oh he gave me shivers <laughs> he just absolutely gave me shivers so I love this and it, this is a huge recommend and if you have um if you like Draco Hermione pairings and you want more of this listeners out there hearing this episode check out Trink is me find her on fanfiction.net you could search by the falls you could search by her name t-r-i-n-k is me all one word and check out her writing this lady knows how to write a story so check out those these marvelous pieces that she has out there and um with that I just want to say thank you again for listening to this commentary to supporting SEPA stories. If you like what you're hearing, please give me a follow and then I'm updated and I, I know when stories are being listened to. I can reach back out to writers and let them know what's working for them. So um, your listening is feedback for them and it helps to guide them and to give them direction on future projects so if you'd like to reach out to me directly and let me know what type of story you'd like to hear more of you can reach me by email and that is seppa s-e-p-p-a 200 at gmail.com and I'll try to get to your emails as quickly as possible I've had quite a bit of um, communication trying to keep up so (laughs) Uh, yeah this is really starting to get a strong following and thank you guys for reaching out I I truly appreciate it and for those of you who are donating to the podcast thank you for that too you have no idea the gratitude I have for that thank you so so much I truly appreciate it that will enable me to buy another microphone I'm super excited Um, that's my next goal going forward is to get better recording equipment but other than that I wanted to say thank you wherever you are listeners and readers I hope that you have amazing moments stories like this are kind of what it's all about right I mean this totally lifted my day and I hope everyone else has a wonderfully uplifted uh, day evening night wherever you're at I hope it's marvelous so Trinkas me thank you for contributing again and and to our listeners, wherever you are, uh, wherever you may be out there in the world, um, Seppa Stories is sending you all the positive vibes and thoughts, too. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time.